universal energy, forming organic tribal algorithms that span the globe, reaching down to its very core. Release you for inspiration revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ultimate underground. Hey, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of The Underground Experience here with me, your host, Captain and DJ, Uncle Earl on the radio. How y'all doing today? I'm feeling absolutely fantastic. It is a warm day in Los Angeles, and we're just trying to keep it moving forward positively, don't you think? Well, it's been quite exciting this season. I've had a plethora of artists and entertainment for you. Uh, As I stated last week, we just completed our TV pilot Ultimate Underground presents the Underground Experience live at Lavia Bosque in the city of Vernon, and we are in mode of getting it to the people. So be on the lookout. For more information on that, you can go to my website, which is www.ultimateunderground.com, and there you'll be able to join our social networks. You'll see podcasts and video snippets of what's going on and what's to come. I want to thank you all from around the world for tuning in every week with little old Uncle Earl. Here in Los Angeles, um, the family is growing uh, by my latest ratings and checkings. We're now in over 83 countries. Thank you. With listenership of up to 300K. Oh, isn't that something special? Well, today I have a really special treat for you. I have a gentleman by the name of Mr. Clarence Williams, who is a full piece of work himself. He's been in the entertainment industry for a few decades. Uh, his... Expertise covers marketing, PR, theater, film, television, music. Um, I'll let him tell you all about it because it's, it's too much of my little peanut head. But um, yes, he will be joining me in a moment. But I want to thank a few people uh, that is making this possible. And first of all, there is musicxray.com. Mr. Mike McCready in New York City, thank you so much for supporting the underground experience for the past year and a half. And looking forward to a fruitful future. There's also my record label, Fertility Records, which is in Las Vegas. Mark and Jezebella Mesmer. Hey, guys. How you doing? And there's New York City Q Talk. My buddy, Franz Hall, who is creating 
quite a positive stir over there. It's sort of the view with a twist. The queer view, that is. Mm, check it out. Qtalk.net. And also, I need to send a special shout out overseas to Spain, to Empty Horse, Ian Fraser, and DLMG Entertainment, David Fernandez Rodriguez. Also down under, there is Hurricane Global Management and Entertainment, Justin Bonds and Andrew Brown. How you doing? So as you see, ladies and gentlemen, the family is growing. We're reaching out and bringing it to you. And thank you for all your comments back to me through Facebook and all the social networks. Please go to the website and join the social network if you have not, because you will get some treats and goodies. Okay, I'm talking too much right now. I will be thanking some more people later, but we need to hear a little bit of music, don't you think? Yeah! So I'm going to start off here in Los Angeles with a gentleman by the name of Lord Luminous. And he has worked with many, many people, including Wu-Tang Clan and others. Um, He will be on the website, so you can check him out. But ladies and gentlemen, this is Lord Luminous with Hip Hop Resurrection. Check this out. Lord Luminous right here, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Strictly from the heart to the world for the streets. Yo, my heart bleeds on tracks, pleasures the melody. Gotta keep it real, it's what the spirit is telling me So much treachery, the streets feel it presently As I walk through the projects with death trailing me Demonic possessions, my discernment is evidence Human negligence is a sign that we practice in Sick in nature, we favor the creature In so many ways, I'm just observing your features So I feature myself as a frontliner I go to war, penetrate all in your face Understand the state of a mind of a general My words do breathe so it's physical I got the world locked like masters The key is the truth So I'm stepping from the throne So I can appear to the youth Serving good fruit So you know I got the juice So my swordplay is just as good as ninjas do I'm a drug, let me fix you I'm all in your veins Course choice you bring As your body feels the effect of the insulin Man, yeah you know we gotta keep it real for the end Why? I got love for New York, California, IA West Coast, we bring it to you live, live I even got the South Coast to so throw your hands in the sky You know I gotta keep it real for the end Why? I got love for New York, California, IA West Coast, we bring it to you live, live I even got the South Coast to so throw your hands in the sky Storms of earthquake gives earth a facelift Pestilence destroys so many races Traces of death decaying in ocean And sand is the color of blood if you notice War paints a picture So many ways to structure Bodies are being sketched from young kids and mothers Fathers not around so I'm gonna be raised by the streets Learn how to be cutthroat in the belly of the beast And when my gun speaks they speak Smoke bullets Niggas didn't think I had the heart to pull it I'm prestigious it's like magic When I touch the track it's showtime My flow's flying smoother than the strippers behind You can tell the way I Dress, money ain't a thing. I wear the same jeans and t-shirts throughout the week, see? Yeah, you know we gotta keep it real for the end. Why I got love for New York, California, IA. West Coast, we bring it to you live, live. I even got the South Coast to so throw your hands in the sky. You know I gotta keep it real for the end. Why I got love for New York, California, IA. West Coast, we bring it to you live, live. I even got the South Coast to so throw your hands in the sky.
I'm judged by my past choices, bad decisions, marks me like bad incisions, so I cut through the heart precisely, it's like biology, I'm dissecting the strategies, my wisdom and knowledge, my understanding the sky, standing on top of the world, holding my son, I'm about to spill his blood, who's ready for love, forgiveness is the reason, so treasure this blessing, a diamond in the rough, I'm just smoothing my edges, I'm so affectionate, I just love a tender kiss, rubbing on my bar here, I'm telling you I'm missing this, so here I go. Again, allow iniquity to imprison me again. I stay fighting, and yo, I die daily. So I'm on my knees every day, begging God to save me. Yeah, you know, we gotta keep it real for the end. Why I got love for New York, California, IA, West Coast. We bring it to you live, live. I even got the South Coast to so throw your hands in the sky. You know, I gotta keep it real for the end. Why I got love for New York, California, IA. West Coast, we bring it to you live, live. I even got the South Coast to so throw your hands in the sky. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, that was Lord Luminous with Hip Hop Resurrection. And now, I'd like to turn you to the man I had introduced previously, Mr. Clarence R. Williams. Is that right? That is so right. Thank you for using the R. You know, living in Hollywood, having a famous name like Clarence Williams, um, it certainly gets your calls answered. But when they found out you're not the actor, Clarence Williams, oh. it's, it becomes problematic. But it's worked for me in the past. I'm I, sure I so love this man's <laughs> artistry. But yes, but it ain't you. It's not me. <laughs> well, Clarence, I'd like to introduce the audience to you. And let's go back where you're originally from. Where did it all begin? Well, first of all, I feel so much like deja vu sitting Do in the you? studio with you. Uh-huh. I mean, my God, I remember my radio days, yeah, which I'll you get to, but it's mm-hmm. just, I'm just like <laughs> sitting here reminiscing, going, oh my God, <laughs> I'm back, back in the studio, and, but I'm on the wrong side of the mic. Well, you know? No, it's not. It's what not the wrong side. side. There's no I'm wrong side to the mic. I'm a guest. That's a good thing. But I'm not used to being a guest. You have a voice. Oh, that's true. You that's know? true. I do have one of those. People need to know yeah, people what's going on. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, anyway, look, get What's answering, going on answering your question, yeah. which I'm trying to be due diligent mm-hmm. with. <laughs> I am Southern Fried from toe to head. Okay. Can't you tell? Mm-hmm. You know, toe to, toe to head, very crispy. Well done. <laughs> North Carolina, actually. Uh-huh. Um, grew up on a farm, Wilmington, North Carolina, right outside of the beachy areas, mm-hmm. 40 minutes of Myrtle Beach. Okay. Um, my father was, his, our property was next door to my grandfather's farm, so it's like we had a little bit of everything because my father was actually a frustrated farmer even though he had a country store Mm -hmm. so um, most times they would pay me to stay out of the fields (laughs) and away from the tobacco (laughs) and the corn and certainly um, you know don't go near the chickens because we know that you're afraid of them so you might hurt one of them um, murder she wrote (laughs) you upset the cows when you try to milk them so you might want to just kind of stay inside so did you have a sheltered childhood they kept Um, you away from everything (laughs) well no I was very adventurous I got into everything in fact during the years my father had the store Mm -hmm. in fact the last time I spoke to him a few uh, days ago I was asking him about his entrepreneurial spirit I'm like interviewing my 93-year-old father. But mm-hmm. anyway, back in those days, my thing was to, well, like any child, three, four, five years old, they're like little sponges. So they right. just sponge up everything around them. Mm-hmm. And I would be in the store and hear people talking. And they were all grown-ups, of course. So <laughs> I just started repeating everything they said. And uh, I would get uh, myself in so much mm-hmm. trouble because there were words that little children should not be using right. in a family-friendly right. Christian environment mm-hmm. as you know my little land yes, was. be seen and not heard. 
Absolutely. But I was all up in the ground folks' business. Town crier. So that was another thing. <laughs> then I would get relegated to, you know, the babysitter. You know, can you, like, take him, like, <laughs> to the house and, like, kind of do something with him? Right. You know, because I was a little, little bad boy, mm-hmm. you know. I still am, but in a different kind of way. Mm. Now, I, did you... I, you said I've been around decades. I'm only 17 and a half. I need to correct you on that. Okay, for the for the second or third time, right? No, well, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know, it all goes around in a Back circle. Back to the past, <laughs> as we were discussing the past. You know, I'm trying to tell you, in this moment, I'm 17 okay, and a half. Okay, all right. But great. okay, you have it your way. All right. <laughs> and this is not that, uh, that hamburger place. Okay. <laughs> Anywho, um, but you know, I was an adventurous child, mm-hmm. and being on a farm, going to very, very um, education-oriented um, schools because, you know, North Carolina was very famous for its um, colleges. Yes. You know, it's one of the, the most populated college states mm-hmm. in America because of the governor during those years, Terry Hunt. Mm-hmm. And um, so I knew I wanted to do something other than be on the farm, so I decided I wanted to be a doctor Ooh. until I saw them gutting open <laughs> hogs and chickens and Well, you should have felt right at home being from I the farm. The, well, I saw the blood. Oh. And, you know, once you see the blood and not wanting to be a vampire, but a doctor, and I realized hmm. doctors have to be able to put up with blood. You had a Lady Macbeth moment, the blood. Yeah, the I blood. had to think about some other way to get to Dover, <laughs> you know, other than seeing and smelling. But so I went yes. to, um, to one of those guidance council offices and started mm-hmm. exploring in the library and started exploring. And I was always wanting to kind of like do the public speaking thing, even though I was afraid of it. And my grandmothers who used to fight over me, they mm. said, this boy is going to be a preacher. Oh boy. And that was like so fright- frightening mm. to me to think that I was going to be a minister. Mm. But anyway, I... <laughs> Were you would, born with a veil over your eyes or something? I don't think I, I was that child. No, <laughs> you weren't that those. one. <laughs> I wasn't one of those. Okay. You know, so I was certainly not going to be a preacher, okay. even though they sent me to Bible camp. Mm-hmm. And I prayed to God every day, Lord, if you just let me get away from this camp, <laughs> I would not be coming back. And I certainly won't be a preacher because, you know, I love to wear short pants and T-shirts in the summertime. Mm-hmm. They didn't allow any of that. No, that's None right. of that. So right. I was done with that. You couldn't even go swimming. <laughs> and this is a camp? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Anywho, right. I um, basically decided that I liked theater mm. and i certainly liked you know oral interpretation which mm-hmm. is what i didn't know that's what it was called look out now look out. i loved being in church and reciting you know poems and bible verses and mm-hmm. all of that so i actually won a an oral interpretation contest it's actually a talent contest and i mm-hmm. did an oral interpretation piece my mother's best friend was a colleague of hers at the junior high school. So mm. she, I'm sorry, she was at the high school. Yeah, she was at the high school, not the junior high school. But anyway, she coached me. Okay. And I won. I hey. won first place. So hey. it was like, ooh. With a stiff competition? Yeah. And I was like, wow. And they had me on television <laughs> doing right. it and everything. I was like, wow, okay. Like so maybe I should do this and not um, be a doctor since I don't like blood. Mm. And I really didn't like science either. <laughs> and I thought that might be a major conflict trying to it get into medical be. school. Yeah, you know? that's serious. So <laughs> I actually started to explore, like I said, through the library and the guidance council offices, mm-hmm. avenues to do this acting thing, to do you know, more of this stuff mm-hmm. that I was feeling good about. So I ended up going to um, a gifted and talented children's institute. Mm. Um, and that was a fluke. Um, the woman who coached me 
was called and asked about some students in our state mm-hmm. who could be part of this incubating, you know, institute yeah. that was being, um, that was partnered actually with North Carolina School of the Arts. Oh, so yes, North- I spent a summer around all these crazy acting, dancing <laughs> people, and I thought, oh God, okay, that's what it is, but I love it so much. Firecraft and chickens and cows and oh yeah, yeah we want to they're playing chickens and cows and goats in the industry too you know? yeah that's they're true that's true that's true they're, they're two-legged <laughs> ones yes, right yes, exactly yes, yes, yes. um but we're on this wonderful yeah. island and it was just wonderful so i was smitten after that mm-hmm. and i decided to pursue this acting thing i wanted to be sydney poitier right. you know it was important for Great me to and, aspire to mm-hmm. and um as it turned out i ended up winning some more awards and contests through the high school they had something called the contest play mm-hmm. and you go into um local competition then you go to regional and then you go to state mm-hmm. and all that and my school was notorious for winning every year okay and i was the only first and only freshman to be at on uh, cast in a contest play so mm-hmm. i ended up winning best actor all right um at the state level wow and so then i i knew that this is was my path so i that had to pursue it. that from there and so therefore every summer after that i would go and try to find another program that mm-hmm. i could get into mm-hmm. and i would do that so i went to wake forest university at a program they had and then i there was an apprentice program that um the college of william mary had mm-hmm. um and so i was accepted into that program one summer and so we actually got to apprentice in a real professional equity show wow. and um the star of the show was glenn close Ooh. although in those days her name was glennie wade she oh, was married okay <laughs> and but a wonderful person she mm-hmm. was very kind to me i'll never forget it because you know it was in virginia yes, so you can yes. imagine a mm-hmm. you know, black Back man then. in virginia mm-hmm. wasn't you know yeah she was always very warm and very accommodating and um we would do shakespeare on sundays mm-hmm. and she was juliet okay and during the week, we would do um, an outdoor drama, mm-hmm. um, which was um, Thomas Jefferson. It was called The Common Glory, and Thomas Jefferson was writing the Declaration of Independence. Mm. And um, so she was Martha Washington. Okay. I mean, so she was Martha jo- Jefferson. Martha I'm sorry, Jefferson. not Washington. I was like, Jefferson, you know, I was like, get Martha those Washington. Mixed mm. up. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, speaking of Washington, um, I did that whole summer stock thing. Mm-hmm. That was the beginning, of course. How old were you at this point? No, I already told you I'm 17 and a half. I know, but come on, give me a little I was just in something. high school. All righty then. I was okay. in well, high I'll school. I'll take that. I'll okay. take that. I was okay. in high we're school. Good. Okay. We're not going to do a chronological we need a point. thing No, no, here. we're not. But we need a point of reference, you know, you know for the folks. You maybe know. we can go look in the Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia. Whatever. <laughs> we make up a new one today. Whip it. Whip it. Whip it. Well, on that, hold on, on that note, let's, let's stop at high school. I want people get a chance to think about that and we need to take a break for the cause and we'll be back because this man has so much to give you well, and I want you to get it all don't play any more of that good music because I may be dancing off the walls in here well you know you might need to do a little light jig but right now we're going to hear from someone special um, you happen to work with this gentleman who's that? Mr. Tony Bennett? oh you have a connection don't you? yeah well I've worked with him he's a okay. wonderful man a yes very wonderful man we did a great event together so. okay well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Mr. Clarence R. Williams, and we'll be back right after this break. Barbara 
experience here with me your host captain and dj uncle earl you've been listening to slumdog babaloo by seguida out of new york city a little latin hell's kitchen mix on ornodo records and i'm jamming in the studio here with mr clarence r williams hey clarence are you feeling it oh yes yeah in fact i was reminiscing about a slumdog in hell's kitchen (laughs) oh you Oh, wrong show. But you're 17, so that is supposed I to be am. happening. Yes, I am. 17 and a half. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> 17 and a half. Yeah, so right before the break, um, we were talking, and um, we mentioned about Tony Bennett. Yes. Um, can, well, we, can we expound on that a little bit? Well, we don't want to... That, that, well, that's the past, but that's the, uh, a is more that, is advanced that very, past. Is, but I'll touch just briefly little, on that. Just a little that. bit. Yeah, just, just a little, little bit. Yeah. I had the pleasure for... Um, a good number of years to produce um, several events, several major events mm-hmm. for Time Warner. Okay. I can say corporation names, yeah, you right? Can. Yeah, okay. sure. For Time Warner. I'm independent. Okay, okay, great. <laughs> and one of the events they asked me to produce was an event called Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm sorry, Home to the Future. Back to the Future is a film. Okay, Home right. to the Future. And basically, they were unveiling all of the future products that they were involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, you would be looking at your refrigerator, and there would be a, a screen made into the refrigerator. You'd be watching television through the refrigerator wow. in the kitchen. And I'm like, okay. Where did that go? But anyway, um, <laughs> for the entertainment, because you got to have entertainment, you're going to launch something and have a great party. Right. Um, we had Tony Bennett. Mm. And so um, I have the pleasure of turning... 
a space, a retail space, into a blue, ice blue room mm. and had Tony Bennett and his, you know, combo, yeah. you know, of mainstay musicians that work with him all the time. But he was just so warm and such a gentle human spirit. And my God, to be his age, you know, he looks better that. than me at 17 and a half. He looked better <laughs> than me. Okay. Let me say that. All right. And his his talent is just timeless mm. you know his, his vocals his voice mm. everything was just still so much intact wonderful you know? amazing so you had a touch of tony bennett you have a touch of glenn wade close right well glenn close mm -hmm. now glenn but close now glenn wade then yeah and then we were so we moved on and you you, you had this acting career going well what i was and, gonna really say and the yeah. point i need to make about mm. my past you know um Oftentimes, young people nowadays, mm -hmm. you know, those younger than me and maybe a little older than my 17 and a half, yes. <laughs> they want to get into the business. They right. want to get into theater. They want to get into acting. They want to get into film. Mm -hmm. But when I was growing up, I had, first of all, to be resourceful. Nowadays, you can go on the computer or go on the Internet, and you can pretty much find anything you right. want to go into and how to get to it. Mm -hmm. But I had to go to the library, as I said earlier. Mm -hmm. But what I actually did was... In the business, in our industry, they call it summer stock. Yes. I was actually getting myself into summer stock programs, which allowed me a full professional experience. Mm -hmm. And the first couple of apprentice programs I was in, you had to learn how to do everything. Yes. You could even think about getting on somebody's stage. That's right. You learned everything from box office um, operations mm -hmm. to front of house operations to costume um, operations. You had to help repair and build sets. That's right. You know, you had to do sound. In fact, Romeo and Juliet, I was the follow spot guy. Okay. They turned me loose on the follow mm -hmm. spot. <laughs> and there was no free ride. Oh, you see? You had to do it all. And so you had to earn your way. If you want to be an actor, you had to earn your way to that spot. And mm -hmm. eventually they worked us into the show. We were like in little crowd scenes right. and stuff. Right. In well, fact, there was one, one moment in the the Thomas Jefferson one with Glenn Close. Mm -hmm. I'm sitting in a tavern in the in the um, what 17 something when they they were writing the the um, Declaration of Independence. My head is turned in such a way that the audience can't see my face, uh -huh. but I'm a black man in a <laughs> white powdered wig, looking very very British. Okay, and this statesman is on the floor talking about this issue about these slaves. Mm. And he says, nearly one-third of them are black slaves. And when he did, I fainted <laughs> in the tavern. I would do it every night. I would just faint when he said black slaves. And there I was, black as, you know, the ace of spade. Were you hyperventilating? Were you holding your breath? Or how did you do well, I don't know. I just, you I just would, got the vapors. I, I got the vapors and, and fainted. <laughs> but that was our little playing joke because we had to do something. They didn't give us any lines, so we mm. had to be reactionary to the speeches on stage. But anyway, oh. what I'm really saying is, there's no free ride to, to creating and strengthening and mm -hmm. driving your craft. Mm -hmm. You really have to put the time in. Yes. And I'm very grateful that, that I came up. I don't like to say that like that. But <laughs> I grew up in a time mm -hmm. where you had to, as John Houseman used to say, you had to earn your way the old-fashioned yes. way, which is to do the work, to That's put the right. time in. Yes. Um, now, uh, and on that note, I need to put some more time in. Okay. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna hold on that thought, ladies and gentlemen. Please hang in there. There's much more coming up in the next half hour with Mr. Clarence R. Williams. But right now, we need to take a pause for the calls. Okay. See you in a bit. Ciao.
the Underground Experience here with me, your host, Captain DJ, once again, Uncle Earl. How y'all doing? You still hanging in there with me? I hope so. Having a good time today with my friend, Mr. Clarence R. Williams. And we've been just talking about the past. Now we want to do a little segue and swing it a little more forward. Are you cool with that, Terrence? I guess, but I mean, Terrence. Ooh, I called you Terrence. I know my name. Clarence. But wait, before we get into it, I must say this uh, last track you listened to, ladies and gentlemen, was called Embrace by Faded Emails out of the UK, my friends at J Stone Records. Embrace. Yes. Clarence, as you were saying. Before you take me out of high school, let me just say that (laughs) during those high school years, I was able to turn those apprenticeships around to professional gigs as we call them ah. I actually started actually getting hired to work in summer stock okay. and therefore I got to work with some other great people you know maybe your international listeners may not know um, our American television but some people might recall a show called Designing Women there was a show called oh, yeah. um, Designing Women mm-hmm. and Annie Potts was one of the stars but Annie Potts was in one of the um, summer stocks that we did, we did a repertory of um, musicals, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, by doing all this st- summer stock and these apprentice programs, I learned to dance. I mean, I learned to know what a passe was, yes. and a tour chate, and mm-hmm. you know, I w- could dance. Yes, and um, eventually, all this stuff led me to win two full scholarships to college, and I was then torn because I was at the time working with a man named. Marvin Gordon, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of the choreographers I worked with in Summerstock were choreographers out of New York, and they were their background was concert dance. Ah. And you know, Alvin Ailey, you know, was comprised of yes. a lot of independent choreographers My who were the dancers, mater. and yeah, mm-hmm. as you know. Yes. But anyway, I was working with with Marvin Gordon, and after that season working with him, he was like, "You need to come to New York. You need to." You know, I, I'm going to introduce you to, to, to Alvin Ailey, and you need to go to, the, to work with Ailey. Mm. So he takes me to Alvin Ailey, mm-hmm. and Mr. Ailey is like, you know, look, come. We'll take <laughs> care of everything, full scholarship, wow. bloop, 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 bloop. I was petrified. I was scared to death of New York City. I was, oh, my God, all those big buildings. No oh. chickens and cows around there. There were no chickens and cows. <laughs> so I ran back to North Carolina to have my formal education. Yes. In, um, at East Carolina University, which was also another treat because I got to work with the wonderful Mavis Ray. Mm. Um, God rest her soul. She died in January of this year at 91 years old. Mm-hmm. But she had been Agnes DeMille's assistant for many, many years on Broadway. Mm. So it was like, okay, well, I'm not you know, brave enough to go work with Alvin Ailey. All I right. can work with Mavis Ray. And from that, it gave me the kind of foundation. Yes to go and work in a lot of other professional, you know, settings. Yes. And prepared me, mm-hmm. really. But there's no training like, you know, people say, oh, dance, I don't want to dance. But dance is not necessarily the thing about it. It prepares you for life. For everything. Organizational I tell skills, knowing yourself, your body, your limits, your fallacies. I mean, it, everything. I tell mothers that all the time. Yeah. I said, let your daughter take ballet. I said, because if she never aspires to be a dancer, she might want to be a corporate attorney, but she walks into that, that boardroom. Right. You know, there'll be no guessing whether or not she's present because yes. she would be present. Yes. And mm-hmm. um, I really, you know, dance, even for actors, was a really good thing. It, it helped to use your body because mm-hmm. I remember when I was a teenager taking acting for the first time, I was really awkward. <laughs> it, it really helped me a lot. In fact, my acting teacher was the first thing she said, I didn't know what I was going to do with you because of the way you walked. <laughs> you know, yeah, it, it makes was a, a difference. Great 
you know, complement to that, you know, that mm -hmm. training. Yeah, the body language thing. It's Absolutely. an angle for the camera. You know, you feel comfortable in yourself, yeah. in your space. The fighting now is a whole different yeah, thing, especially when I first wanted to shoot a gun. Ooh. <laughs> that was something. Yeah, so you, you did that for a while now. How did you move into PR? Well, see, that's another, that's another crazy thing. After all, getting all that great training mm -hmm. and doing summer stock and having the professional opportunities, you know, you know, by the time it was time for me to leave school, mm -hmm. and they were like, you know, you got a double major in theater and speech mm -hmm. and dance, and don't you need to get up out of here? Anyway, <laughs> um, I landed in Washington, D.C., okay. which was a federal town. Mm-hmm exciting town had a lot of family there my mother had just died and i was still kind of grieving and mm. so i went to dc you know to kind of like chill and get i guess crank crank up my my life so mm -hmm. to speak and i kept getting hired as a dancer okay and i didn't really want to dance i wanted to be sydney poitier i'd never <laughs> given up that dream i wanted to be sydney <laughs> poitier and i realized they didn't really have the number of theaters that, that you know new york has right but I was probably a little bit still frightened about New York at that time. But mm -hmm. long story short, I knew that I couldn't just live with my family. I needed to be working and mm -hmm. doing something meaningful. And I wanted it to be in the arts. I wanted to be in theater. Mm -hmm. And um, in those days, and I, I hope nobody's taking notes and dating <laughs> me. But Now he's about 15. Story. <clears throat> yeah, right. <laughs> they had a, something called the CETA program. And it was like these government programs that where they let not-for-profit arts institutions um, have like employment dollars to um, I think the word in modern-day terms today they call it uh, capacity building mm -hmm. like in not-for-profit organizations uh, an organization might um, apply for a grant for capacity building mm -hmm. so various arts organizations around town had various jobs opening and so I went to a couple of interviews. I'd already been working part-time at the Folger Shakespearean Theater as a house manager because I thought, well, they'll know that I've studied Shakespeare. Okay. And eventually, <laughs> you know, you I'll stage. be, you know, there <laughs> with some of those folk, you know, doing Shakespeare in about five minutes. But, right. you know, that wasn't happening. Wasn't so happening. I still need a job, still need to pay the rent because, mm -hmm. you know, I was That's trying to be right. grown and get my own apartment right. and all that good stuff that right. young people do. Mm -hmm. Went to this interview at the Howard Theater Foundation they were a contingency that was about to um, renovate and bring back the glory of the Howard Theater, which mm -hmm. is part of the, as we know, the Chitlin Circuit, for those people mm -hmm. in America who know right. about the Chitlin Circuit. Right. It's equivalent to the Apollo Theater. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went for this interview to be a public relations and marketing director of the Howard Ooh. Theater, the famed okay. Howard Theater. Yeah. And they hired me. No and I figure. was like, okay, well, thank you very much. <laughs> now, I'd only taken one marketing class in my life, one. And it was marketing um, theater, and that was in their you know, theater management class. Mm -hmm. was, it um, any, was it an elective it that you was, required kind of? It was required, yeah. yeah, uh -huh. yeah. And I, I aced it, but I <laughs> yeah. threw all that stuff away. You know, it was like, I wasn't going to do that. I was going to be Sidney Poitier, so right, I'm right, holding right. on to that. <laughs> but long story short, <clears throat> I go home. I was still living with my aunt go to my aunt's place, and I'm like so bewildered. I've got this job now, and oh, I, I did take journalism in high school mm -hmm. for two years because mm -hmm. I wanted to be on the newspaper staff, mm -hmm. and I wanted to be on the yearbook staff. Right. So, so you I had that in your back pocket. I had journalism in my back pocket. Okay. <laughs> but had gone to college, you know, since all that, and yes. you know, I was gonna do that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. 
I went home. I was so bewildered. I told my aunt. I said, "Look, I got this job. I don't know anything about PR. I don't know nothing, <laughs> nothing about marketing. I mean, you know, what no, am I going to do? I don't know about no babies. Exactly, exactly. And she says, "Well, hold up now. Hold up. Let's make some phone calls." Yeah. And my aunt was extremely, um, you know, um, political. In fact, mm-hmm. she was like one of the the leading, um, one of the first female leaders in in the um, union movement. Um, that of that time but anyway um so she made two calls she called her friend um Jeannie bell clark who was the press secretary for the mayor mm. and then she called you know mr ophiel dukes who mm. had been hubert humphrey's press secretary of the white house okay so both of them agreed to mentor me wow. so they kind of like guided me through the basics and treat. i could call on them you know when i was in in times like these, <laughs> you need a savior. <laughs> you need a safety net. Yeah, I was able to <laughs> call on wonderful. them. Great. And so it was basically yeah. baptism by fire. But nice. in those early days, I got to meet some of the greats in music. Mm. I mean, Ruth Brown, mm. Bobby Blue Bland, James Brown. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on. All the people who went through that whole Chitlin circuit, mm-hmm. they were bringing them back mm. as the theater was being revived. Mm-hmm. So it was an incredible learning experience. It was like another education for me. Right. You know, the great gospel people like, you know, Shirley Caesar mm. and the Five Blind Boys and all those folk would, mm. would come through there. And then one day I broke my leg. Uh. I broke my leg. It was very stupid. I was on the mall, you know, the, the mall, the Washington yes. Mall, yes. where the monuments on one side and the Capitol's mm-hmm. on the other. And I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to? do work because we had these steps i mean these incredible steps that went all the way up to the office okay and i just knew i couldn't do that every day on those crutches i don't care how you know limber i may Mm -hmm. have appeared so i happened to be at an event and i bumped into this woman i was talking letting her know i was public relations director for the howard theater blah 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 and she says so really we're looking for a pr person i says really do you have an elevator (laughs) and she says yes well, it turned out she was a general manager mm-hmm. for WPFW Jazz Radios mm-hmm. in Washington. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I took her offer. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, it didn't have anything to do with the Howard Theater. I just right. needed an elevator. Okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I, I didn't mind keep hey, on doing this. can be wonderful, huh? So I went to work in, in public, you know, jazz radio. Mm. And there became another education because I was sitting around all day long learning broadcasting and although i'd minored in it in college mm-hmm. i hadn't i had the, no intention no of doing intention. it see so there's that inner voice crying out saying go west young man I had no intention of doing it yes okay on that note i need to take us west east actually we're going to go way 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 east over to the other side we're going over to russia oh yes i haven't been to there match yet. that voice can we ride on the magic carpet we can do that Ooh. With a tune by the name of Phantom of a Doll by Authority of Hate. They are an old school death metal wow. group. Yeah. Let's go. On Metal Scrap Records, you ready for the ride? Let's go. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, here we go with Authority of Hate and Phantom of a Doll. Get ready.
Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that was Authority of Hate with Phantom of a Doll. And we'll be right back after this break. Hello. Are you still there? I'm still here. It is time for Uncle Earl's motivational and inspirational moment. You didn't think I was going to let you get away without hearing that, did you? (laughs) Not a chance. Anyway, just a little quote of the day and thought of the day to help you on your journey. And it goes as such. People need to decide to be happy. It's a quote by Marty Martinson. And I go on to say, In one or two minutes of time, we have the opportunity to define ourselves as human beings. There isn't much room for error. V.J. Smith. And that's just something to think on for a bit. And while I'm here with Ms. Mr. Uh, Clarence R. Williams... I played a little treat for you. We, we talked a little bit about Judy Collins, and I just yeah. played that little ditty. Could you, could you give me a little piece uh-huh. on touch on that? I've heard it. You, uh-huh. Can you give me a little touch on Judy Collins? No, you know, I'm really not. She's one of my personal favorites. Mm-hmm. We never had the pleasure of working together. Mm-hmm. But if I start telling you about the songs that I like and when and what, you, you, you okay. realize I may not be 17 and a half. Uh-oh, we don't want to so do I'm gonna that. So I'm going to stick to my story, but okay. I'm exhausted from that trip to Russia. Okay. You know, it wore me out. Didn't it take you somewhere? Oh, it wore me out. We like to do that. It wore me and out. drop you back off. But uh, jumping back to our conversation about <laughs> yes. me and broadcasting, mm-hmm. uh, this newfound career, you know, another baptism by fire situation, mm-hmm. there were like three great things that happened to me while I was at that radio station. Okay. Um, one of which was not, you know, funds being cut because of Reaganomics. Mm-hmm. See, I'm dating myself again. Uh-oh. But anyway, um, <laughs> the station had to pare down staff yes. at a point. And uh, because of Reaganomics, a lot of mm-hmm. funding was cut. Mm-hmm. And I decided to stay at the station, mm-hmm. even though my job was cut, to can you continue doing the work. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really, you know, I was dedicated. Yes. And in doing so, I created a, a talk show, magazine formatted, somewhat mm-hmm. like yours. Mm-hmm. But it was strictly on the arts. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did it for three and a half years. Mm. Um, but in doing so, I got a call. There was a producer calling from the National Theater one day, uh-huh. and he said, um, I've heard about you. Could you come over and let us talk to you? We're trying to open a show, and we need someone to do some PR stuff. Hmm. And I said, well, what do you mean? Well, basically, we want to make sure we got the right people coming to opening night. We want to make sure that we've got the right press there. We just want to make sure that we you know, get into Washington the right way. Mm-hmm. And we hear, you're the man. All right. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and how long is this for? Well, two weeks. Okay. So I'm like, okay, well, I can go do this for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, the show was One more Time, and it starred a woman that you probably never heard of named Sandra Reese Phillips. Hmm, let me see. And um, another know. woman, <laughs> I know you've never heard of her, named Jack Kay. Sounds familiar. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I go to do this little two-week gig. Yes. And while I'm doing this little two-week gig, it turns into a multi-months. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, actually being hired to do this for the entire run of the show mm. and get to know the cast. Mm-hmm. And I remember one day driving Jackie around mm-hmm. Washington to find a new apartment yes. to rent. And this um, star, Sandra Reese Phillips, you know, she had an incredible one-woman show that she wanted to you know book someplace in washington and you know perform it on her days off which was on mondays isn't that about a workaholic 
I hooked her up. <laughs> I hooked her up with Charlie's Georgetown, which no longer exists. Mm-hmm. It was a very upscale um, jazz supper club. Mm-hmm. And she wore out the place. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, with my marketing genius yes. and her talent, we yes. packed the place out of and they <laughs> kept extending. Nice. And um, I developed lo- lifelong friends from mm-hmm. that, um, mm-hmm. that experience. But during that show, other Broadway shows heard about me. So when they were going on tour, they would come to Washington and call me. So mm-hmm. people were flying in to interview me, hire me for their shows. Yes. All of a sudden, I was this, what they called in those days, a press agent for Broadway touring shows in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So I had a, even though I was still doing my show as mm-hmm. a volunteer mm-hmm. for public radio, I now had a new career. Mm-hmm. Making a check. Making a check. All right. We it like was that. amazing. Mm-hmm. And um, one of those uh, situations I was called in by Ruth Brown, who was one of the people I met while I was at Howard, you know, the Howard um, Theater. Mm-hmm. Ruth Brown was, you know, doing Broadway at this point. She was yes. doing shows. Mm-hmm. She was no longer just a concert R&B legend. Right. She was right. doing, you know, plays. She was smitten with the bug, too. Was that around Black and Blue time? This was pre-Black, pre-black and, Blue, and Blue. And I'm getting okay. to that. It okay. was a show called Amen Corner, oh, a musical yes. that was Broadway-bound. Okay. And it was trying out in Washington, D.C. Uh, uh. And it was based on the James Baldwin play, Amen Corner. Mm-hmm. And she said, you need to come down here to the theater and talk to these people because they need someone like you working mm-hmm. on this show. Mm-hmm. So I go down and she introduces me to the powers that be. Mm-hmm. And I was actually hired. Wow. And as I came back through the theater, because we kind of met backstage, mm-hmm. and I came back through the theater, mm-hmm. who's sitting in the audience but James Baldwin. The man himself. And of course, I suddenly had no air to breathe. <laughs> oh, my you got knee, those vapors my, again? My knees started <laughs> trembling. My whole body started to go down. But I managed to take a second breath from somewhere and I said, I just want to say thank you, sir, for all that you've done for us. Yes. I got that much out. Yes. And he says, young man, um, we're about to leave to go have a drink. Um, why don't you come with us? And mm-hmm. we can continue this conversation. And I'm like, James Baldwin just asked me to go have a drink? <laughs> of course, you know, I had no hesitation. So know, That's right. But you were 17 at this point so that you could have a little taste. Well, you know, a, a drink is a figure of speech. It could be a drink of water, a drink a, of whatever. A, a, but it, a, yeah, demitasse of tea. Yes, so, yes, yeah. yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Crumpets. But anyway, we ended yeah. up at the hotel, sitting in the lobby, lounge and the same people who just hired me mm-hmm. were across the way and I was waving you know mm-hmm. all excited I went James Baldwin and his mm-hmm. little entourage mm-hmm. well the next day I was unhired I had no idea that they had this conflict going on with him and them and oh. I guess they thought I was like you know part of his whatever and oh. so I was immediately dismissed guilty of the entourage unhired. syndrome exactly Mm-mm-mm. but it was really funny because he was outraged so he hired me. All right. So when I went into New York to work on the Broadway show, mm-hmm. I was working for him. All right. And that created this whole relationship with him for years. I, every time he came from yeah. France back to the States yes. or to go to Amherst to, yes. to you know, do his work there, mm-hmm. I would always be called in to you know, do 
whatever production management for his lecture tours, et cetera, mm-hmm. or to prepare for his, you know, writing retreats that he would go to. Yeah. Well, now this is great. See, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, this man has it all going on. He's got stories for you. We could, we could do three shows on him, but I can't do that because I got to share the love. So I need to kind of wrap this up. I know you've got so much more, but is there something that you can say to give a glimmer of hope to artists coming up today? Ooh, that's a hard one because, you know, there's always hope. You know, the biggest thing right now, and I don't think there are any shortcuts, mm-hmm. I think you still have to put in the work. Mm-hmm. So the first thing to do is to really hone up, bone up on your craft, mm-hmm. study, read. Mm-hmm. No shortcuts. And expose yourself to every opportunity possible mm-hmm. to learn. And a friend of yours used to say, my. There's no such thing as luck. Who was that? Debbie Allen. Oh, Lord. There's no such Mama. thing as luck. <laughs> it's opportunity meeting preparedness. Yes. And each time I was offered an opportunity, I was prepared. Even if I didn't think I was prepared, I was actually prepared because I had that arsenal mm-hmm. of information and experience there. Because with the whole you know Broadway thing, I ended up, eventually moving to New York mm-hmm. and working on a lot of more Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. And um, I just happened to go up to the Apollo one day mm-hmm. to help someone out. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I fell into television. Who could go figure? I fell into television. <laughs> I had a fell whole in. new career in television, <laughs> which, which caused me to move to L.A. Uh-huh. And being in L.A., I fell into film. Oh, right. See? But I'm just saying opportunity But you built meeting great relationships, which made that happen. But opportunity meeting preparedness. Mm-hmm. It wasn't always someone I knew. It may have been the person that you worked mm-hmm. with saw how mm-hmm. credible you were. Yes. And then would recommend But people you must like you as well to work with you. Well, I don't know if I'm always likable they when like I'm working because you know, I'm a hard taskmaster. Oh, come on. They like you. Well, as a producer, they may not like me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but as a publicist, they probably would love me because I'm I, I take care of my clients. Oh, he sure does, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Clarence, for everything today and just for being who you are. You've been instrumental in my life and my family, as we've talked about. And I thank you, and I wish you much continued success and blessings. We didn't get to the present or the future. Oh, we're in it. We're in the present. Listen to that track. Do that little jig in your chair. It's okay. Yeah. I'm on 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 mo- mo- what do you call it? mobility rest. Okay. <laughs> I only dance off the ceiling one more time. That's right. Exit. But is there a way people can reach out to you if they need to find you? Sure. You can reach me on Facebook, Clarence R. Williams on Facebook. My website is in repair right now. We're trying to put up some of the other stuff, but. Um, I will give my phone number, oh. our number, 323-979-4355. All right, you heard it here on the Underground Experience, ladies and gentlemen. You can get the man directly. Okay, and while we play off, we're listening to Danny Charles out of the UK with Hewlett Records. I was sent this by his representatives, Matt Geddes and David Royal. I wish you all a blessed evening, dawn, dusk, night, day. Whatever you have, ladies and gentlemen, just have it. Be the best at what you do. Love each other. Love your environment. And love yourself because you only have one of each. Blessings from Uncle Earl and Clarence Williams. Ciao. Take away my money. Girl, you know you're blind. You can have.
sounds of cocktail jazz and a funky Latin rhythm that will set your mind to wonder what would it be like to handle this beautiful ball of thunder. Set your mind to wonder, what would it be like? 